0: If you'll stand with me in honor to the reading of the word of the Lord, to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 1. 1 Samuel chapter number 1. Several weeks ago, the Lord began to lay a message on my heart. Actually, I believe it was back in January. And uh, I'd been praying for the right time, the uh, the right moment, the right crowd. Sometimes you can have the right message at the wrong time preach it too early or too late and uh, you want the right word at the right time with the right people and I, Brother Garnett, preached from this passage of scripture last weekend and I took that as, uh, what's that comedian say, here's your sign, I took that as my sign to to bring this message tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 1 verses 1 through 8. These names in the first couple of verses are interesting, and if you think you can do better, I'm happy to let you try. Now there was a certain man of Ramath Emzophim, and the church said, "Amen." There was a certain man of Ramath Emzophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters, portions. But to Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had set up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah her husband unto her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? It's a fascinating passage of Scripture. I probably preached 15 sermons off this chapter over over the course of the years. If you don't help me, I'm going to preach every one of them this morning. If I don't get an amen every once in a while, I'm just, I've got like 1,600 sermons in my iPad. I'll preach them all. As long as I got battery, I'll just keep yelling. <laughs> You're clapping, but you don't mean it. That's, that's like a lie. You don't mean that. You don't want me to preach 1,600 sermons. I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't want to preach 1,600 sermons. I'll be lucky if I can get one out. What you read was the story that prompted the birth of the man that would become the prophet Samuel. And I want to preach this morning with the help of God on a Samuel revival. A Samuel revival. Lord, I need your help. I need your touch on my mind, my body, and spirit. I pray, God, that you would anoint these good people this morning. Anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy yokes. Yokes of sin, yokes of bondage, yokes of false doctrine, false religion. Yokes of carnality and worldliness. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, let the entrance of your word bring light. Let it bring revelation and understanding. I pray, God, that you help us to be more in your image when we leave than we are right now anoint the preaching and the hearing of your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and worship him as you're being seated this morning. There are three principal characters in this particular portion of Scripture. The Bible tells us of a man named Elkanah. The Scripture says that the Old Testament speaks to us in types and shadows. So the stories of the Old Testament teach us truths about God and the church and how to serve Him. And in this particular story, Elkanah represents God. Penina, one of his wives, represents carnal, sinful people. And thus, as the Bible calls her, the adversary much like the New Testament calls the devil the adversary. So she will represent the work of the enemy against God's people. And then that leaves us with Hannah. Hannah, who represents God's people, those of a pure heart. In the ancient years of the Jewish nation, before the temple was built in Jerusalem, when Israel first had the conquest of Canaan land, They set up the tabernacle that they had taken with them in the wilderness, ordained and ordered by God. They set it up in a place called Shiloh, which was north of the city of Jerusalem. It became the heartbeat of every Jew to be able to go to Shiloh to worship God. In that same tabernacle that their ancestors had worshipped God in throughout the wilderness journey. They longed to be at Shiloh where at one time the cloud of God's glory had rested over the holy place of this tabernacle in the wilderness. Without good roads and modes of travel, it was not easy to get to the house of God, but it was in the heart of everyone who loved God to try to get to Shiloh, to be in his presence and to worship him. The poor would be lucky if they could get there once in their life. Those with means who lived at a distance made it their heartbeat to go to Shiloh to worship at least once a year. The story of 1 Samuel begins with the family's annual trip to Shiloh to worship God in this tabernacle. It was an interesting family as their story changes the destiny of Israel forever. These three principal characters that we spoke about, Elkanah and Hannah and Penina, are those who shape this moment in the history of Israel. Elkanah is the leader of this family. His name literally means God-possessed or God-created. One of his wives, Penina, she is a jealous, vindictive, cruel woman who makes it her mission to torment the other wife whose name was Hannah. This rivalry between Penina and Hannah is the driving force of this story for it apparently endured for many years this conflict between these two women. Penina had given Elkanah sons and daughters, but the Bible tells us that Hannah was barren. Hannah's barrenness became a weapon for Penina against her. It was the time for worship, and Elkanah prepared his family to go to Shiloh to worship the Lord. In preparation for the trip, Elkanah gave what the Bible called portions to Penina. And her sons and daughters. It was a gift of money for them to take to the city. He gave to Penina and her sons and daughters portions. However, the Bible said to Hannah, He gave a worthy portion for the love He had for her. The Bible makes it very clear that Elkanah doesn't feel the same way about Penina. As he does Hannah. If anybody ever has two wives, you may not like them the same, but you better act like you do. The Bible said to Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. Nowhere does it say he loves Penina, but he loves Hannah. This deep love that Elkanah has for Hannah inspires a jealous rage in the heart of Peninnah. The fact that he gave Hannah a worthy portion instead of merely a portion like she got infuriated Peninnah. It's clear Elkanah preferred Hannah to Peninnah. The name Penina literally means a jewel. It comes from words that mean pearls and rubies and precious stones. These are the things that people in the world value. Jewels and pearls and rubies and precious stones. Things that people in this world value that represents wealth and opulence and getting ahead and striving to attain in this life. But Hannah means grace and favor. It is the application for this passage that Hannah's name means grace or divine favor. May I tell you that God will always prefer people who value grace above wealth. Amen. That's a sermon in itself. That God always prefers people who value mercy above possessions. May I tell you that God has a soft spot with people who live their lives with grace and mercy. The Father always prefers grace. Amen. Can I tell you today that no matter what your life has been like, how scarred it is with wrongdoing and failure, no matter how many times you've messed up, How many times you've damaged your reputation. How many times you've failed and sinned and done things you should not do. The good news is that God values grace and mercy. Thank God for that. I'm glad I serve a God that has a high value on grace. That God has a high value on mercy. Can I tell you that God, and I say it all the time in this pulpit, that God would rather give you grace and mercy today than he would judgment and wrath. God would rather forgive you of your sins if you'd repent than he would throw you into a devil's hell. God would rather you be baptized in Jesus' name this morning and have your sins washed away than he would to make you spend eternity in a lake of fire. I'm glad I serve a God that values mercy and grace above the things of this world. Oh, yes, he does. And so Elkanah prefers grace to jewels and wealth. Penina hated Hannah. And used her barrenness as a point of torment. This situation between Penina and Hannah seemed to have continued for a number of years. uh, uh, An unspecified number of years. So this particular situation played out over and over as they went to the house of the Lord yearly to worship. When Elkanah would give Penina and her sons and daughters portions... But to Hannah, 1 Samuel 1 and 5, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Notice carefully that it was the Lord that shut up her womb. It wasn't a relationship issue between Elkanah and Hannah that kept kept them from having a child. Amen. It wasn't a physical issue in Hannah's body that caused her to not have a child. The Bible said that the Lord shut up her womb. Repeatedly, this scenario plays out year after year. Elkanah gives Penina portions, her sons and daughters portions to Hannah. He gives a worthy portion. And over and over it plays out. But God had shut up her womb. Repeatedly, God had made the decision not to give Hannah a child. Another year would go by, another year of barrenness, but Hannah would still get her blessing. She would still get her portion, and Penina would get angry and jealous over and over. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 1 and 6, y'all with me this morning? In 1 Samuel 1 and 6, her adversary Also provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. The second time in as many verses, the Bible said the Lord had shut up her womb. But Penina, her adversary, provokes her sore to make her fret for the Lord had shut up her womb. Things like you don't deserve what you get from Elkanah. What good are you? You're useless you don't bring any value to this family. You're good for nothing. You've never given Elkanah a son or a daughter. You're useless. You're worthless. You're no good. The voice of the adversary, the voice of the accuser, the voice of the enemy, you're no good for anything. You never bring anything of value. You're useless. To the husband, uh, you don't. You don't deserve your blessing. You don't deserve anything. A constant barrage of the adversary to provoke her and make her fret. For the Lord had shut up her womb. Amen. May I say today, and I, I'm I'm feeling something in the Holy Ghost right now that there are many in this place this morning uh, and possibly watching live who hear the constant voice of the adversary whispering into your ear, you're good for nothing. Uh, You don't deserve anything from God. You're useless. You're hopeless. It's just a matter of time before your life falls apart. You're a waste. May I tell you that the enemy's worst attacks often come before your greatest breakthrough. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you this morning uh, that if you've heard the devil whisper in your ear in these last few days that you don't deserve the blessings of God. You don't deserve what God's done for you. You're no good. What value are you? I've come to tell you, you may very well be on the verge of your greatest deliverance and your greatest victory uh, and your greatest breakthrough. yes. If you hear that constant voice, you're good for nothing. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never do anything with your life. I've come to tell you the devil is a liar and there's a reason he's trying to stop you now. He's stopping you before the birth of your breakthrough. He's trying to stop you from ever reaching for more and trying for more. It's the voice of the accuser. It's the voice of the adversary. May I say I rebuke that voice in the name of Jesus Christ today. You do have a future and you do have a promise and you can do something for God I want to say it again that the enemy's worst attacks often come before your greatest breakthroughs may I tell the devil and everybody else who's listening right now that it's God's business who he shows mercy to And it's God's business who he blesses. It's not up to the devil. It's not up to your adversary. It's not up to your critics. It's not up to the people that don't like you. It's not up to the people that tell you you're no good. It's not up to the people that hold all your past against you and never let you. It's not their business who God blesses. If God has chosen to bless you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the devil thinks or anybody else. If God has chosen to bless you, it doesn't matter what your critics say, what your adversary says, what your enemy says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. When God chooses to bless somebody, it's God's business and God's business alone. And I've come to say he's come to bless somebody today. I wish somebody would say, praise the Lord. Your praise right now might be what sets the magnitude of your miracle in a few moments. Your response right now might be what opens the door for the next level of your deliverance. God has chosen to bless you. God has chosen for you to be here this morning. That tells me God has chosen to bless you. It's the word that brings, the word of God that brings possibilities to people. The Bible said faith comes by hearing. When you hear the word of God, it opens possibilities for the supernatural work of the hand of God. And so God has chosen for you to be here so that you could hear this message, so it would open faith in your heart, and that faith can move mountains. Uh, So I'm telling you that because you're here, God has chosen to bless you. Amen. God has made the decision that he wants to birth something good in your life. God has made the decision that he wants to give a breakthrough to somebody. God God has made the decision that he wants to heal, give joy, give peace, give deliverance, give hope. He wants to put your marriage back together. He wants to touch your children. He wants to touch your mind, body, and spirit. So he lets you hear this word. So the word would breathe faith. And faith would move your mountains out of the way. You ought to praise God that he chose for you to hear his word today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him right now. I wish somebody would begin to praise, praise him to the level of your expectation from him. Amen, God. I'm going to give you a great praise because you're a great God that does great things. So I'm opening myself to you now, God, through my worship and response to your word. <clears throat> Out of seven billion people, he allowed you to hear a message of hope. Thank God that He thought enough of us. I have to point something out to you again. Amen. I feel, I feel like like a racehorse that the that they're holding the reins back to, because I know how much I want to preach. I wish I had the oxygen to do it. I have to point something out to you. First Samuel one and six, the last phrase of First Samuel one and six. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. Because the Lord had shut up her womb. And the next phrase, First Samuel 1 and 7, And as he did so, year by year. Notice those two phrases. Back to back. The Lord had shut up her womb, and as he did so, year by year. Apparently, God had some kind of yearly evaluation that he made of Hannah that caused him to shut up her womb year by year. Somehow God had decided to shut Hannah's womb not as a punishment, but by his purpose. You see, the combination of Elkanah's seed and Hannah's egg was going to produce a child named Samuel. The Bible said that the word of the Lord was scarce in those days. There was no open vision. People weren't seeing and hearing God Anymore The lamp of God had gone out in the temple The Bible said There was no light, no revelation No understanding Eli the high priest The representative of popular religion in Israel Was blind and laid down to sleep Had lost his vision And was no longer spiritually aware Modern Christianity I know I get on this hobby horse a lot but I sure like to write it. Modern religion has lost its vision. It's lost its revelation, its understanding, its leadership, its carnal and worldly. You have to say amen. I'll amen it myself. Amen. Blind. When there's no difference between the church and the world, there's a problem with the church. And when leadership doesn't address it, there's a problem with leadership. Modern Christianity is blind and asleep. It's lost its ability to wake people because it's dead itself. Amen. And this was the spiritual environment that Hannah's child, Samuel, was going to come onto the scene, hear God in the middle of the dark night, and spark a national revival. But for this to happen, Samuel would have to be in the temple and not in his mother's arms. Under normal circumstances, y'all okay? Under normal circumstances, Hannah would keep Samuel in her tent hold him in her arms, and raise him as her own son. He would be like any other child, except the problem was that Samuel's destiny was not in Hannah's home. It was in God's house. And Samuel's destiny was not in Hannah's hands, but in God's hands. So God had to devise a method to get Samuel out of Hannah's arms and into the house of God. Oh God and so God looks at Hannah every year and every year when he evaluates Hannah he realizes she wants a child so that Penina will finally shut her mouth she wants a child so Penina won't abuse her anymore she wants a child so she can hold him and rub his head and raise him and show him off to everybody But it was not in God's purpose for Hannah to have a child so she can have him for herself, for her own ego, for her own name, for her own reputation. It was not in Hannah's, it was not in God's purpose and God's destiny for Hannah to be able to show her baby off like the Lion King. And everybody look oh hannah's got a precious baby look at how he looks just like his mama look how cute it was never in god's plan for that baby to be hannah's trophy it was always in god's purpose for samuel to be a revival in the house of god and he looked at hannah he said if i give her a baby now she'll keep it for herself If I give a baby to her now, it'll be all about her. If I give it to her now, it won't be about the kingdom. It won't be about God's kingdom. It'll be all about Hannah. So I'm going to shut her womb up for one more year. And then the next calendar year rolls around, uh, and he looks at Hannah. Oh, she still wants that baby, so Panina will leave her alone. Uh, she wants that baby, so she won't be made fun of anymore. She wants that baby, so she won't have to be mocked and abused anymore. She's still not ready. I'm going to shut her womb one more year. And as he did so, year by year, finally, after I don't know how many years it was, but finally Hannah got to the point where she said, "This is not about me anymore. This is not about me, but this is all about the kingdom of God." Yeah. Oh my God in heaven, hallelujah! Oh, I, I want Hannah, Hannah. And it goes years with just getting a blessing. She goes years getting a worthy portion because he loves her so much. Uh, and because he loves her, she gets her worthy portion. Uh, and that blessing is enough. Who needs a child? Who wants to wipe noses? Who wants to change diapers? Who wants to have to keep clean up after a bunch of kids when I get blessed anyway? I mean, it's good enough just to get my blessing year by year. But something turned over. In the heart of Hannah, that said a blessing alone, a gift alone is not good enough. I need more than a blessing, and I need more than a gift. i got to have a baby. I'm running out of time. I'm getting older. I'm not the young lady I was way back then. I can't mess around anymore. It's either revival now or never, and I need a move of God. Can I tell you, this church and every other good church has been blessed and blessed and blessed year after year, but I've come to ask you, is a blessing enough or are we hungry for children? Are we satisfied just coming to church and getting a little goosebump and a little butterfly, feeling good and going home and saying, man, we had good church, or do we want to see babies in the altar being filled with the Holy Ghost? A blessing is not enough. A gift is not enough. Thank God for people that are hungry for a blessing. And thank God for people that are hungry for their spiritual gifts. But a blessing and a gift will never take the place of a baby's cry in an altar. Amen. I love having good old-fashioned shouting services where I feel the blessings of God. But I'd rather it be dry as a shuck and have somebody get the Holy Ghost in an altar than to shout for two hours and the waters of baptism never be troubled. I'm saying, God, I'm thankful for the blessing, but I want a baby. God, I'm thankful for the gift, but I want a baby. We need people. We need to reach people. And as long as it's about me and what I get out of church, and as long as it's about me and what I feel, I'll never see the kind of revival that God wants me to have. But when I come to the altar and I say, God, it's not about me. It's not about my favorite song. It's not about my favorite preacher. It's not about me seeing my buddies and friends when I get here. It's all all about Samuel. I preach a little bit more this is not my typical Sunday morning type message but it's what I felt for this morning you see Hannah desperately wanted to silence the Hannah desperately wanted to silence Penina she wanted a baby so Penina wouldn't talk about her anymore mock her anymore torment her anymore and may I say I know a lot of churches God help me I'm about to get myself in trouble but I know a lot of preachers and a lot of churches want to have revival to silence the baptist church down the road or the methodist church down the road or the catholic church down the road and if you want a revival just to silence your adversary and the people that talk bad about you you don't deserve the kind of revival that god wants to get because it's not about us it's not about us it's not about us it's all about samuel she wanted a baby so Panina couldn't talk about her anymore. She wanted a baby so Panina wouldn't make fun of her anymore. But selfish ambitions are never the birthplace of revival. I'll say it again, selfish ambitions are never the birthplace of revival. If we win more people, I won't get to sing enough. If we get more people, I won't get to preach enough. If we get more people, I won't get to do this enough. I'm telling you, selfish ambitions are never the birthplace of revival. Great spiritual movements are never begun with selfish motives. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's about Samuel. It's about a move of the Spirit of God. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. You can't want revival so you can be great. You can't want revival to prove a point. You can't want revival to validate yourself. It must be about Samuel. Years went by and Hannah was satisfied with a blessing <clears throat> until finally her husband came to her First Samuel 1 and 8 then Elkanah said then Elkanah her husband said unto her Hannah why weepest thou, why eatest thou not why is thy heart grieved am not I better to thee than ten sons now think about it he had just given her A worthy portion. She had money jingling in her pocket. I got receipts for money spent. Bought something at Lowe's the other day. She had money in her pocket. She had just been blessed. She had just been blessed with a worthy portion. But yet, she got to the point where just being blessed didn't take away the burden on her heart. Here she is with a handful of money and her husband says, why are you crying? Why are you not eating? What's wrong? Why is your heart grieved with all that blessing? What's wrong? Can I tell you that if you can look at your life and you know your and you just felt the presence of God and just got a blessing and there still feels like something's missing. It's not a sign that something wrong. It's God trying to get you to be a soul winner. God's trying to birth a Samuel revival in you, and a blessing by itself won't cut it. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. If you can get out of a shouting service uh, and you've shouted and felt the presence of God and then as soon as it lifts, uh, you feel a heaviness in your spirit. It's not that God doesn't love you and it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's a sign that God's trying to get you to reach for another level of revival. God's trying to birth a Samuel through you and a blessing by itself won't be enough. He asked the question, "Am not I better to thee than ten sons?" Elkanah, I'm sorry to burst your ego, buddy. I'm sorry, Elkanah, to tell you that you're not all that you're cracked up to be. Because the answer to that question is no. A blessing by itself is not enough. So my question this morning: Are you satisfied? being blessed or are you hungry to have a Samuel are you happy just getting your gift or do you want to be a soul winner and reach somebody for Jesus Christ hey I'm happy I'm thankful that God's sending people but there's a whole other level of revival that God is wanting to pour out in this place When we get tired of just being blessed, but you want to bring somebody to the house of God so they can be blessed too, God, give us a Samuel revival. Pastor, why are you preaching that on Sunday morning? Because it's the only chance I get at a large percentage of us. We should never seek gifts more than we seek souls. Revival is never about us. It's always about spiritual children. God doesn't bless a church just for the church. It's always for the production of spiritual children. If, this, if all of this is only about us, then we've missed our mark. If my first question is, how does this affect me? We've missed our mark. If this is all about me, my blessing, my shout, then I'm off target. God opens wombs when a mother's heartbeat is about the kingdom and not herself. 1 Samuel 1, 11, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child then i will give him unto the lord all the days of his life until this prayer hannah wanted a baby to silence penina until this prayer hannah wanted a baby to be acceptable in her circle until this prayer hannah would have kept the baby to herself but the world was waiting on a Samuel. Israel needed a Samuel. The house of God needed a Samuel. And God wasn't going to give a Samuel revival to a selfish mother. But when she began to pray kingdom prayers, God opened her womb. 1 Samuel 1.19 And they arose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. That word in the Hebrew means mark, to mark her. God marked her for revival. This is not just any mother. This is not just any woman. This is not just any womb. She's marked for a Samuel. Revival. May I tell you that I would like for God somehow to dip his quill in ink and mark Bethlehem church this morning for a Samuel revival because it's not about us and it's not about me, but it's about the kingdom. God marked her for revival. Would you like your home to be marked for revival? Would you like your family to be marked for revival? Would you like your children to be marked for revival? Then it's got to be kingdom-minded. It's all about the kingdom. It's all, it's all about the kingdom. So she gives birth to Samuel. And this isn't, in my, this isn't necessarily in my notes, but, but after she gave Samuel the house of God, the Bible said the Lord visited her, and she had sons and daughters. So God made her dreams come true. When she made his dreams come true, when she put his priority first, then God rewarded Hannah. And I'm going to tell you that if you want to be blessed in this life, get a kingdom mindset. Get a kingdom mindset. Get a revival mindset. I'll give myself to a move of your spirit, God. I'll give myself to winning souls. I'll give myself to the kingdom of God. I'll invest in missions. I'll invest in Sunday school. I'll invest in the work of God because I've got a kingdom mindset. It's not about me. And when you do that, the Bible said that God remembered her. Oh, God, I want you to remember Bethlehem this morning. Uh, When you're passing out revival, remember my family, Lord. Remember my home. Remember my life. Samuel revived the tabernacle. I'm almost done. Samuel revived the tabernacle. Samuel revived the nation of Israel. He brought a fresh anointing, a fresh fire, a fresh move of God. I've come to preach to some people who feel like somehow... Perhaps God has bypassed you to bless someone else. Perhaps the enemy has made you feel like Hannah's adversary made her feel. That you're worthless, good for nothing, have nothing to offer, no value, completely useless. I will tell you that those are words that God has never spoken to somebody. Those are words that God has never said to someone God has never looked at somebody and said, "You're worthless, good for nothing. Uh, you're, got, you're useless, you have no value. Everyone that God's ever looked at, He said, "You're worth dying for." You're worth going to a cross for. You're worth nails in my hands and feet for. You're worth a crown of thorns. Uh, I'll let him rip the flesh off my back for you. That's how much you're worth. You're worth me dying on a cross. You're worth me leaving heaven, being born a manger, living sinless, dying on a cross. That's how much you're worth. So if somebody's telling you you're useless, that's not the voice of God. If somebody's telling you you're worthless, that is not the voice of God. The voice of God says you are worth everything god would leave heaven to find you because he did i've come this morning to prophesy a samuel revival for this church oh yes i have amen i've come to prophesy for your family The kind of revival that shakes nations the kind of revival that stirs an entire region uh, that can turn a city upside down i've come to prophesy the kind of revival that changes the direction and the destiny of families uh, that turns that I know, I know those, and I understand there's probably people watching online, they don't have a clue about the 21 years or so that I've spent working in this church over my life. And they don't understand my ministry. And so they just see somebody in the pulpit talking about some little country church that can change the world. And I'm not going to preach to satisfy them, because I'm not called to them. I'm called to you. And I've come to tell you that God wants to do something here that's going to grab the attention of this nation. Because if he can do it out here, he can do it anywhere. We're going to have a Samuel revival that shakes this entire area. Oh, God, I feel it right now. It's going to turn your family so radically upside down that people are going to wonder what happened to him, what happened to her. And they're going to say, I want, I want what you've got. oh come on lift your hands to heaven god wants to release a samuel anointing on this church that shakes this entire area but it has to be about children not about us it can't be for my ministry my reputation my opportunity it must be about children hannah never had samuel until it wasn't about hannah anymore Can you throw your hands to heaven and say, God, let me get me out of the way? It's all about the kingdom. It's all about souls. It's all about reaching people. It's about rescuing people from sin and addiction and loss. False doctrine. It's about getting people out of the clutches of false religion. It's about getting addicts delivered from their drug, from the alcohol. It's about people finding fresh fire for their soul and a fresh meaning for their life. It's about that man at home right now that's hung over from his party last night. It's about that woman with track marks up her arm from shooting up all weekend. It's about that family on the brink of divorce because of an adulterous situation. It's about that young man who's thinking about committing suicide, but for some reason he just can't go through with it because God has a purpose and a plan for his life. It's about that family that's dealing with abuse and fear. Samuel Revivals are always about children and never about Hannah. God, we give this building to you. We give this place to you. We give ourselves to you. We give this ministry to you. It's a kingdom prayer. I'm telling you today, your house can be visited by revival. Glory to God. Anybody tired of dead religion? Anybody tired of dead, dried-up relationship? Anybody tired of it being about you and being about your own self? Anybody hungry for Samuel revival? Oh, God, there's a move of the Holy Ghost here. You don't have to understand it to yield to it. There's a move of the spirit here. you don't have to know all the spirituality, the spiritual words about it, but you know what's fi- happening right now and you fi- I'm telling you it's for your house and for your children and for your marriage and for your life. God wants you to go to another level in him. Oh come on, lift your hands to heaven. the Holy Ghost is here. Oh, why don't we stand and lift our hands to heaven all over this place? Make your hands a spiritual antenna reaching out to God. Oh God. I want my Samuel revival in my home. I need a Samuel revival on my job, in my school, in my family. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, the altar's open. You can come. Thank you, young men, for coming. Thank you for leading the way. Thank you for coming. Come close. Get it. Press in close. 1 Samuel 3 and 19. And Samuel grew. And the Lord was with him. And did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. A Samuel revival. All over this house, lift your hands. I will lift up my hands in the sanctuary. That's what Psalms said. And I will bless the Lord. Even if you're not comfortable doing it, I'd challenge you to break out of your comfort zone just a little bit. I'm telling every family in this place, there's another level of revival for your home. There's another level of spiritual joy for your family. Sir, ma'am, young lady, young man. Child, whoever you may be, there's a level of revival for you that comes with a kingdom mindset. I want you to reach over to somebody close to you. I want you to begin to pray one for another that God would release a Samuel revival in Bethlehem. God, we're just a willing vessel. It's not about us, it's not about us, it's about this county and the surrounding area, and the families that are hurting, and the people that are broken. It's not about us. It's about those that are bound. It's those that are bound with sin, those that are bound with addiction, those that are bound in the clutches of depression and anxiety and fear. It's about these homes that are ruled by abuse, Oh, yes, Lord. Come on, that's right. It's about neighborhoods where we haven't gone into yet that we got to take the gospel to them. Oh, God, pour your spirit out. God, if you'll give this church revival, we'll give it to you all the days of its life. It It won't be about us. It won't be about us. It won't be about us. It won't be about me. It'll be about you, God. It'll be all about you. Oh, come on. Can you help me pray for a Samuel revival? God, begin it. Begin it in somebody here. In somebody's home. In somebody's life, God. It's not about us. It's about you, God. And We'll give it to you all the days of its life. It's a kingdom prayer. God, I'm praying that you'll remember the people that have prayed. Oh, that's right. Go ahead. Let the Holy Ghost work here. Look, if you're ready for another level of walk with God in your life, you've come to the right place. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, we've got water, we've got clothes. You need to be baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where you begin. That's where you start. That'll be the birthplace of your revival. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, this is the right time and the right place for you just to throw your hands to heaven and say, God, I want everything. I want everything that you've got for me. God, I want everything that you've got for me. I want everything that you have for my life. God, I want to give you all. It's all about you. Come on, can you pray right now? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Spirit of the Lord, have your way here. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. God use grief share for the kingdom. God use be free for the kingdom. God use Sunday school for the kingdom. God use Bethlehem youth for the kingdom. God, use grow class for the kingdom. God, use music ministry for the kingdom. God, use Sunday school for the kingdom. God, use men's and women's ministries for the kingdom. God, use life groups for the kingdom. God, use the outreach at the Warrior Center for the kingdom, O God. Lord, not for us, not about us but for the kingdom. And if you'll give us a Samuel revival, God will give it to you for as long as we live. It'll be about you, Lord. It'll be about the kingdom. It'll be about sending and reaching. God, use our missions giving for the kingdom. Use our missions America giving for the kingdom. Use our Christian school for the kingdom. God, use our van ministry for the kingdom. God, if you'll use it, it'll be about you, and we'll keep, will not keep it for us. It'll be all about you. Come on, put your hand on your chest. God, use me for your kingdom. Use my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my testimony for the kingdom. Not about me, but about the kingdom. Use my treasure, my time, and my talent.
1: We need to be doing according to the word. Amen. Let's put God first in all things. and You watch what God will bless you with. And you'll watch what God will do for you. Amen. Let's remember first steps immediately after service. And uh, let's remember we have church tonight at 6 30. Come at 6 ready for prayer. I'm expecting revival. Amen. Amen. Let's have a Samuel revival. Let's put it in God's hands and say, I, I don't no longer care what what I want, but I want your kingdom needs, Lord Jesus. I want what you have in store for us. Amen and amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Bring your tithes to the storehouse and you're dismissed.